Hello and welcome to another episode of Iodeli Speaks. I'm Iodeli Harrison, husband, father of two, 20-year educator, consultant for over four years now, based here in Atlanta, Georgia. So today's topic, let's jump in, is about centering the voices and experiences of our youth, of our students. There's a lot of conversation that happens, like how are we centering the voices? Are we centering them? But the specific focus I wanna do is how do we use data to actually center their voices and there's four ways in which we can do that right so the first one is is a quantitative way where we're able to look at academic performance data that's across literacy across math science all those other types of things then we can look at discipline data right suspension rates uh, referral rates all those across that and then we can also excuse me I'm trying to catch my breath uh, Then we can also look at program data, right? So representation of students in various types of courses, whether that is advanced placement courses, gifted courses, um, uh, representation in uh, special education courses. And so this, this process of centering the voices and experiences using data The important part is we want to get a a wide range of voices and experiences, and most importantly, the most marginalized, those who are on the edges, the the arts, and to be able to do that, it's about taking time to disaggregate data, right? To look at it as opposed to gender, to look at it opposed to uh, disaggregate for race, to look at it opposed to free and reduced or socioeconomic status and things like that. So it's really taking the time to see, to understand what the experiences and the voices in the data that's being told. Good morning, T. Good morning, okay? No, no today, not today. Um, that's my neighbor. Um, and really being able to understand what their experience is because that data will tell us how it is. It won't tell us why things are happening, right? And, and explain why, but it, it gives us an indication that of what the experience might be. So the second thing we can do is then survey students, right? And so that is surveying can, can operate in a variety of different ways. Some of it can be, you know, through a formal survey where you're sending out um, uh, perception surveys where you're asking multiple choice questions, um, having them right. I've seen it in um, classroom settings where we're trying to center the voice and experience. We ask students to, um, reflect you know some teachers that I know have reflection journals where they're going to hear and they want to know you know what did they learn this time what are areas are they still struggling in and so on and so forth so we can we can conduct feedback surveys or perception surveys in a variety of different forms to be able to collect and understand what their experience is and what their voice is you know what they're sharing the third way is through interviews right the third way that we can center the voices and experiences of our children using data is actually through interviews. What are they actually saying, right? So it's having a focus group, small group, 10 students, asking them what their experience is around a particular way, the school, around the cafeteria lunch, around how they feel like you know the teacher-student relationships are, student-student relationships are. These are sometimes captured through um, 
student bodies, you know, they have um, uh, associated student bodies or student government bodies where they're, they're elected folks who are trying to, you know, get the, to the voice of those, um, those folks. But it's really about hearing the voices. And so, you know, some, some schools have it where student council is, you know, a representative sitting on their board so that they have a voice in that particular way. And so, again, that's how we're able to, you know, center the voices is through interviews, right? The fourth way that I want to share um, is actually observing students. So how do we center the voices and experience of the students through data? We actually go and watch them. We watch them in a very formalized way with great intention and objectives. So just like our data has objectives of what we're trying to collect and see, our surveys are, are trying to do that as well, all right? Our, when we interview them, it has that as well. Well, we also have to make sure that we're going to observe them in their settings. What is it like for them riding the bus and observing student behavior and all that is and collecting data on that? What is it like for them in the cafeteria or passing in the hallways? What do you see? What do you see as the interaction between students to students, students to teachers? What are you observing in that space going into the classroom? and sitting and watching and so there are within schools opportunities to observe students you know principals assistant principals leadership teams do go in and observe they observe the hallways but how much are we formally collecting data to really understand we're looking at we're looking for the kid who you know maybe doesn't necessarily show up in a survey maybe doesn't show up in academic data because they actually are they're they're doing you know their profession and whatever their experiences they might not actually share their experience of what's happening through an interview or survey but you can sit back and watch them and see how some of those who are on the margins navigate the hallways navigate their space in a classroom those four components are important to really get a comprehensive understanding of what student experience is and especially those students who are on the margin if in your community it is black and brown if in your community it's poor if it's sometimes our gifted kids are on the margins right now we don't really like to talk about that too much but some in, in some communities our gifted and talented students aren't being reached in the way that we would hope to because of demands to focus on other areas. So these margins, so these four ways, surveys, interviews, uh, performance data, and program data, or excuse me, performance data and interviews, right? And observations help us give, collect a complete picture of their experience. Because once we know that across those four different domains or areas of data, we then can decide how we want to better meet their needs. And we can then also, because what happens is, is this, is that some people will say, you know, hey, we need to bring more voices to the table. We need to bring more voices to the table. Yes, we also need to have data that shares that these voices need to be brought to the table. And these are the four ways that we can begin to do this. And here's the thing. There are schools, there are schools and learning, learning environments that are doing a certain number, two out of four three out of four. Some are doing four out of four. But the key is we want to push these four areas of really collecting this data to really understand the experience. Because if we understand the experience, we're going to be able to clearly find out what they need. If we clearly find out what they need based upon these four areas 
of investigation, then we can design solutions and we can invite them into figuring out what the solution is, right? So case in point, there are, you know, I've, I've talked about this before about how much of an opportunity there is to actually, for those who have a transportation program, to really be able to use the, the first touch with the school system that students often have are one, the school bus driver, two, the school crossing guard. So if they're walking, it's the crossing guard. If they're riding, it's the bus driver, right? How much do we understand our students' experiences with interacting with the bus driver, riding the bus, or interacting with the crossing guard? Because that is your first representative of the school. And so understanding what students' experiences are on those areas and focusing and collecting data and understanding helps us to then figure out a solution because sometimes, you know, that with that first touch, if that first touch is is programmed, is 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 set right, it can set a child's day up in a very positive way. And so, but if we don't know that our students are struggling in their interactions with other students on the bus, if we just kind of, you know, move along and don't really actually ask questions and say, hey, how is your bus ride going? Can you please take a moment and, and write? Here's a reflection, you know, maybe three weeks into the, to the year. How's it, you know, here's a survey that you can do, right? Please come be a part of this, this interview. Let's collect data. How much, what suspension, you know, what challenges have bus drivers faced? Has anybody been written up? What's, it's about getting this understanding that, hey, because what, what it is is all of this work is really about creating the conditions in which students are able to fully thrive. And we want to understand how these conditions are impacting their experience. Well, the only way to do that is through these four ways interview, survey, performance data, observation. Those are the keys. Now, I know that there's some challenges to being able to collect that data. Some of the challenges are capacity. Other challenges are when do we fit it into the day? But it's for us to really think about how to make this happen or and and then the other piece is how do we what's the word triangulate compile all this information because one entity maybe leadership team instructional coaching team is observing teachers writing teacher performances and you know observing how kids behaviors are there right the other team is looking at data but how much is that all actually triangulated so that we understand and get a full picture, a full comprehensive, complete picture of our students' experience? Because then at that point, we can figure out if we didn't know who's on the margins. Like I said, there are some kids who, and my son is one of them, right? Doesn't make a lot of noise pretty much follows instructions in class, turns in his homework on time, all these other types of things that happen. But I know that he had some real negative experiences in his K through eight experience here in Georgia and also back up in DC when we were there. Well, but when you look on the surface, he doesn't show up academically because he was one of the upper performers right? 
when you look at, he's not going to be someone who, when you ask for their feedback, their written feedback on the survey, he's not going to be the type of kid who says, I'm having this challenge with this social group. So we have to make sure that those are two ways to look into it, but we got to spend time finding these kids, like observing. So one of the ways that you can see that he might not be well adjusted to the school or having issues is we observe him. We observe and see, hey, Johnny, that's my son's name. I'm looking at him and just walking through the hallway, how nervous he is in class. Where does he sit? How is he engaging? And then once we're able to see that, then we take a moment to sit down and interview. Hey, tell me about this. And, and they have to be creative the way that we you know, ask young people, uh, young people questions, right? To allow them to be able to share their thoughts. We gotta be able to create safe, brave spaces for them to step forward and really share their opinion. And one of the ways we do that is by showing up genuinely and knowing that we wanna hear them. So it goes beyond, so the thing about it is, so with understanding student voice and experience, there is a complete package of work that we need to do to collect and understand their experience. Just an interview isn't enough. Just a survey isn't enough. Just looking at the disaggregated data isn't enough. Just a, a, um, observation isn't enough. It's all of those things together to really give us a complete picture. Because the key is, again, is about us as educators, as leaders um, in schools, classroom teachers, instructional coaches, deans of students, admissions directors, heads of school, principals, district leaders. We're about trying to create, our work is about trying to create the conditions in which our students can thrive, can reach their fullest potential. Well, we only can, we have greater access to that when we understand and have a complete comprehensive understanding of their full experience within our school learning environment. So that's the work. So it's, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, it's, I've heard phrases like measure, measure twice or measure two times, cut once, right? We want to collect information and do our due diligence on the front end before we make a decision because that's going to help us make the best decision possible. And as a classroom teacher, this is not something that is left up to the principal. As a classroom teacher, I can do all four of those things. And I've seen great teachers do that, where they have student interviews. They give student surveys. They're constantly looking at their data. And they're constantly watching students' behaviors in classroom. It happens all the time in effective classrooms. So we're doing those four areas. When we can align those four areas. And here's the thing, that leads to effective to effective teaching and to performance when we're able to see those four things. The key is, is that as a classroom teacher, they're most primed and positioned to do this because essentially that is their closed off environment where they're doing all the investigation. And so the challenge that we face when we look at now a school wide approach is that we actually have to bring when we're looking through these four lenses or looking through these four types of data, we actually have to triangulate all that information together, right? From different entities, because not one person necessarily collects all that. And so that's the challenge that we're faced with, to be able to understand that. 
because we do hear, we do understand student voice and experience. The key is, is it, is it collected in a way in which we can now have a baseline of experience and begin to do something about it? Is it collected in a comprehensive way and is it complete? So we have to look at our data and say, is, are all the stories here? Have we captured them from the various angles? So that's what I've been working on. You know, um, as you all know, I'm a school improvement strategist um, and just really thinking about ways in which we can center student voice and experience because it's, it's, we don't want to limit it to just talking to them. That is super important. We need to center and talk with them. Because here's the thing, when we now have this data, we can figure out who we really need to focus, not who. We can figure out all the people that are requiring our attention so that we can continue to serve them the best, right? Some people use the term, when we're able to look at these four types of data, we're able to see who's our least served student. Who are we serving the least, the least best, I guess if you wanna say. Who could we be doing a better job at? Well, we have to know and get this full, complete picture to find out. Because like I said, sometimes it's your gifted student. Sometimes it's your advanced student. I've worked in some schools where our most talented academic, when we look at academic and sometimes athletic performance and those two things together on, on the surface, they're doing exceptionally well. But when you actually sit down and talk to them, they'll tell you about how challenging their experience is with the school. But when we only look at certain types of data, we don't necessarily get the full story. And this is why in some school environments, um, drugs are very rampant because kids might be high performing, but they're stressed out, full of anxiety. Depression is run a ramp. There is um, diagnosis or heavy diagnosis of um, um, ADHD and a variety of other things. Like those are things that aren't really talked about when we talk about student voice and experience because we're often as, as leaders blinded by, but their SAT scores are strong, but they're in all AP classes. They got all A's. They got great recommendations from teachers, but we still haven't taken the time to actually sit and observe them. What do they look like in class? How are they interacting with people in the hallways? What's their continence like? That's that nitty gritty data that actually helps us really understand what their experience is. And they're taught, their bodies are talking to us. If you just pause and, uh, and stay still and observe, you can see someone's body language. And you could tell that they might not be having, a, they might be having a great experience or not so positive experience. So we don't want to lose some of those kids. We don't want to lose the kids that are on the margins. And we don't always, and I want to push you to think that it's not always black, brown, and poor kids that are on the margin. Yes, that does happen disproportionately. But there's also black and brown kids who are on the margins of gifted and talented and not being pushed, not having a wonderful experience, not growing. So how do we collect their data? Because their data doesn't, their struggle doesn't necessarily show up in academic data but it can show up, or then it doesn't show up in survey data, but it can show up when we sit down and interview them and when we take a moment to observe them and watch how they're experiencing the environment. So that is the, you know, those are the four ways in which we can center the voices and experiences of youth using our data. And it's really, really important that we take the time 
to really understand their experiences as we are considering how we're going to improve the experiences for all, but especially those who are on the margins. So I'm Ayadeli. This is Ayadeli Speaks. Thank you for taking a moment to listen. Um, you can follow me and hear, you know, a lot of the things I'm happening on Instagram and um, Twitter at Ayadeli underscore H-A-R 78. These are the types of topics I talk about in my workshop. I have two upcoming workshops. Uh, one is on September 17th called Everyone Can Lead. And this is about um, teaching educators, no matter what level, what position they are um, within their buildings and community members about school improvement and the principles of school improvement and how we can actually apply them from our current position. So to lead school improvement, it does not require a state mandate or does not require for you to be on the student school improvement team. You can learn, you can use the principles of school improvement in your classroom to power change in your classroom, to better meet the needs of your students to position them to thrive and so you can find out more about that workshop every everybody leads everybody can lead um, and more at uh, cbventures.eventbrite.com September 17th is going to be the next one and it's open to all educators and I invite everybody to take part in this we're going to make space I'm going to have my team together so we'll make space um, for as many folks to be able to join us as we're capable of hosting on the zoom call it's a 90 minute workshop and you will leave with a strong understanding of what school improvement can look like its principles and how it can apply in your particular position Dean of Students classroom teacher, assistant principal, principal, head of school, director of admissions, data analysis, data, data, data analysis specialist, whatever that might be. So check that out, cbventures.eventbrite.com. Connect with me. Please, again, like, share, favorite, subscribe, wherever this is at, um, wherever you're listening to this at, whatever platform that is. Um, and I wish you well. Take care.